because of this technology, we're no longer conformist. We're no longer listening to one vision of how people should be and act and behave and dress and be cool. What's cool, what's not. Now we're in a paradigm where we can all express who we are. And we're going into a metaverse now where people can be whatever the hell they want to be. Welcome to the NFT Now podcast. Every Wednesday, we speak with trailblazing artists, collectors, and technologists about how NFTs are redefining the creative economy and how you can be a part. I'm Sam Heisel. I'm Alejandro Navia. And I'm Matt Medved. And we're on a mission to empower the creators of culture. Welcome to the show. Alejandro, how are we doing today? Que tal, Nige? Just super excited to be here today, man. Same, same. We've got an incredible guest today, Krista Kim, uh, contemporary artist uh, with, a, with a long history in the fine art world as well as uh, the fashion world. Uh, she made her entry into the NFT space, notably uh, with the sale of Mars House, which was the first digital house uh, to be sold on Super Rare. Uh, which commanded uh, a price tag of 288 ETH, which was more than $515,000 at the time, uh, made global headlines and really opened up a lot of eyes to the value of metaverse real estate and the idea that uh, property there could be as valuable, if not even more valuable than uh, in IRL. Uh, since then, she's had some incredible projects and collaborations, including with the Utah Jazz on their metaverse presence and a very special project with Louis Vuitton, all of which we'll get into in this episode. Um, Alejandro, what are you excited about to, to chat with her? I'm just very excited to chat with Krista in general. Uh, one thing that I really love is her inter intentional integration of meditation and spiritual practices to keep her whole. And I'm you know, she commands such a big presence. So having that balance and diving into those uh, mental health questions, I'm really excited about. Love that. Well, before we jump in, just want to shout out, uh, be sure to check out our new website at nftnow.com, uh, where we have tons of news, articles, features, editorial, uh, op-eds, columns, etc. Um, moving forward, very excited to, to, to get that going. You can also sign up for our newsletter there uh, to make sure that all the noise that's going on in the NFT space gets uh, distilled and simplified into actionable insights into your inbox. But without further ado, Krista Kim. Krista, so good to have you on the NFT Now podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm also excited. You know, I know that we've been in touch since um, you know you made uh, all those headlines uh, when you when you sold uh, the Mars House uh, on Super Rare. Um, but before we you know get into that and all of the exciting projects that you've been doing uh, since, I'd love to just you know for our listeners who may not be as familiar with your work, just get a little bit about your background and how you entered into the NFT space. Right. So I've been doing digital art since 2013, and I actually did my master's in fine art in Singapore. And that's where I sort of converted from traditional painting into digital because I saw that light is a new ink with all our digital devices. And I decided to go into dig digital because I wanted to express pure consciousness and then culture into the 21st century and beyond. Um, I believe that meditation will save us from the machine and art will save us from ourselves. And so for me as a digital artist, I found it very challenging you know, in the beginning since 2013 to find collectors to really gain traction. And, but I was like really hustling in the art world and doing shows. And in 2018, I actually did a collaboration with Lavin and uh, it was a pretty good, it was a pretty good, uh, you know, amazing showcase of my work being printed on the haute couture line, the entire fashion show. 
And the thing is like, still, it was still very challenging as a digital artist to, to have a, um, a viable, you know, career. And it was, um, you know, it was, it was a struggle, but then at the same time, um, you know, during the COVID crisis, um, during the height of the COVID crisis, I created the Mars house and uh, it was like my dream home. And I created that project along with four other sort of like Zen uh, design architectural installation projects between February and May of 2020. And then December came around and I was really freaked out about the money printing and the fiat currency issues. And I thought, okay, well, I have to protect my, my investments. So I looked into Ethereum and Bitcoin and I discovered blockchain. I Googled art blockchain. I discovered mm -hmm. NFTs. And then I discovered uh, super rare. So I signed up, was whitelisted by February. And then the Mars house was minted in, in March and the rest is history. That's a really powerful story. So it's, it's like a nuance, like beginner's luck in a way, right? It's really awesome. But with so much years compiled into it. When you built the Mars house, what did you think the outcome out of it would be? Yeah. So, you know, when I was um, researching and under trying to understand, you know, NFTs and, and why people were collecting NFTs and where they were keeping NFTs, I learned that NFTs are collected by crypto collectors who own real estate on metaverse platforms like Decentraland, CryptoVoxel. And I also met Rich Lotlikar, the CEO of Superworld, who reached out to me and wanted me to be in, you know, involved in Superworld. And I learned about the incredible metaverse and the future and the new frontier of human civilization. I, I honestly believe that you know human civilization will basically basically be integrated into a parallel digital existence where we can actually earn money, you know, have social interactions, uh, provide services and sell goods, uh, digital goods in the metaverse. And when I, when I saw this future, uh, you know, I, I feel, I felt that the Mars house would be, obviously I had the assets uh, built in game engine already since last May. And I thought, oh my God, I always wanted, and I pictured myself as I created this dream home of mine, to be there in VR. And that was already the intention, but to actually mint it and to, you know, create, create the asset value uh, once you mint it as an NFT and then uh, sell it as real estate as a house that you can upload into your metaverse. That to me was the ultimate, um, you know, statement uh, for an NFT. So that's what motivated me to mint the Mars house. And for me, I had no idea whether or not the market was ready because we were still in the first generation of NFTs on super rare and known origin, all these first generation platforms that were still selling primarily 2D assets and videos, pictures. Um, I thought, wow, is there a collector that will understand, you know, what I'm doing here? And luckily uh, I encountered AOI who, who bought the piece and it was it's wonderful. I love that. I love that. You know, Chris, I, I really remember that moment. You know, I was actually at Modern Luxury at the time, you know, prior to, to us launching NFT Now. And I remember that that was one of those early uh, developments that kind of resonated outside of just like the NFT community and, and that like sort of you know, that space, you know, people were taking note, you know, people who, who don't own crypto, people there who, you know, like, oh, like digital real estate, you know, it like it, the first digital household and for this amount. And so I, I, I remember that that moment very well. And, you know, it, it obviously got a lot of press pickup and, and I'm sure 
uh, it was a, an exhilarating experience. I'd love, I'd love for you to take take us back through that that experience, like when that you know when the Mars house sold for I believe it was two hundred eighty eight ETH, which was uh, over five hundred fifteen thousand dollars at the time. Um, what what was it like to to experience that? And you know what do you think it says about metaverse real estate? Going forward. So for me, it was a you know primarily a question that I asked myself: uh, Can this digital house be sold for the same amount or more than a real house, right? And what you know the questions that you ask: You know, what is a digital asset? What are digital assets worth? And can they become more valuable than the physical assets that we value eventually? And that was the real question in my mind. Uh, because we are we are completely digitized now, right? Everything is digital, and so we are now sort of shifting our, you know, our values of of what what is valuable monetarily, and is real estate actually part of that, you know, transition, uh, you know, in, in, and is it, you know, is it possible that I can sell this house for a large amount of money? And, um, you know, that was a challenge. And, you know, for me, it was exhilarating uh, because I, I knew that we're making history. And that was the main thing. I really wanted to bring the world's attention to NFTs and the future of NFTs, the future of real estate, the future of DeFi, the future of decentralization. And I, I think that, you know, the Mars house and the, the, the price I would say that a lot of people were shocked and they questioned their their this new reality. They a lot of them thought it was a joke. <laughs> a lot of people didn't even know what an NFT is. So that was really the beginning of the mainstream really encountering the shift, this major shift that's happening. We know that decentralization and the, the crypto revolution is happening in our community, which is a very small percentage of the world's population, but we really are at the forefront of, you know, transforming the world's economic systems, political systems, and, and everything, including real estate. So the world is finally caught on to this because we can't continue with the old system forever. The old system is unsustainable and everybody knows that. So it's a very interesting point in history. And I thought, I love the controversy. I, I love I love the haters. I thought that it's even funnier because a lot of them have no idea what's going on, but people fear change. But this is an age of exponential change. And the Mars house is only the beginning of the, the, kind, the time, kinds of change and revolution that we're going to experience uh, in the coming years. I love that, that, that focus on change and how early you are in terms of adoption and you know, your drive to bring this to mainstream as, to as many people. Right. It's yeah. not just about cultivating or nurturing, but also nurturing and expanding what I'm hearing from you. And speaking of the digital metaverse, I'd love to flip this to uh, a more recent project that, of yours that you've had. So I'd love to talk about the Utah Jazz project and let's talk about Louis Vuitton involvement. And what excited you about these projects and what was your involvement in them? Well, I mean, it's it's such a great honor, um, first of all, to be requested by these incredible organizations to collaborate. So Louis Vuitton uh, reached out to me, um, gosh, it was four months ago to, uh, first of all, they invited me to be a member of the Louis 200 group, uh, 200 group of visionaries 
um, around the world uh, in all different fields, architecture, we have an astronaut, we have people in science, uh, you know, people in, in, in art, um, incredible luminaries. And I, it's a real honor to be included in this group. Um, they basically created a campaign to celebrate the 200th uh, birthday of Louis Vuitton, the founder of Louis Vuitton, um, who created uh, the chest, the chest luggage that's waterproof, uh, that made his name famous around the world and synonymous with luxury and travel and, and uh, you know, vision. And I think, you know, for me, uh, they, they really approached me and I thought, wow, what, what can I contribute to this wonderful campaign? And I, of course, I've always worked with gradients and I've created gradients of digital gradients since 2013. And that was part of my study about the sublime and, and digital. And really, I believe that the gradient represents the digital human. I'm a student of Marshall McLuhan. I studied political science university. Uh, I know it's kind of a mixed bag, but for me, I really am passionate about understanding um, mass communications and technology and how they affect, uh, you know, human psyche. And then therefore, you know, how people communicate and, you know, society and culture at large. Uh, it, the medium is the message is what, Marshall McLuhan um, postulated. And so for me, I think that's such a futurist and such a, I mean, he's like a prophet. I think that his uh, uh, theories about um, how technology and, and the medium of communication really determines our destiny and how we communicate and digital. And of course now NFTs uh, are really going to affect how our societies and how we as human beings uh, are going to evolve in the future. So in the beginning, like he was talking about the printing press, the, the Gutenberg printing press and how, you know, printing books was able to enlighten people and educate people led to the enlightenment and of course, education and science. Uh, and now you have digital tech. And then he spoke about the TV screen and how the TV screen has uh, revolutionized human, human uh, the way that we uh, absorb information. But then of course, that information paradigm is top down structure where you had um, you know, certain media outlets and power structures that controlled messages to control the people. Very true with the old paradigm of communication before digital social media, which is more peer to peer. And you have these, these major media companies that used to be powerful it 10, 20 years ago, completely lose their power and their voice. Uh, now you have individuals and influencers who can, who can like, we are now, we are now broadcasting uh, ourselves, right, peer to peer. And it's really fascinating how influencers can now have as much influence over ideas and, and culture over these large um, institutions and companies. And now you have NFTs. And so, the gradient for me represents the new digital human because because of this technology, we're no longer conformist. We're no longer listening to one vision of how people should be and act and behave and dress and be cool. What's cool, what's not. Now we're in a paradigm where we can all express who we are. 
And we're going into a metaverse now where people can be whatever the hell they want to be. And there are no limitations. There are no borders anymore and divisions of race, religion, sexuality, um, what have you, any dogma, any, any belief systems that exist in the real world no longer apply in the metaverse. So you're just human to human. I'm understanding that I think that the gradient represents this authenticity because we are all now complex gradients and spectrums with as individuals and, you know, combined, we're all gradients. So the gradient really is fascinating to me as a symbol of, you know, the new digital age and what it means to be human. And so I, I presented that as my Louis Vuitton um, statement and, and an artwork that also communicates fluidity, optimism, and, you know, uh, the digital age, uh, the metaverse, the future. Uh, I'm a futurist. And I think that LV is poised as a company to, um, to really tackle that future because they're open to new ideas and they're, they're taking ideas from, you know, great ideas from the world, uh, from these visionaries. So, yeah, so, so that's, that's a story about the gradient and LVMH. And I created a sculpture. We're doing a world tour. It's going to happen for about a year. Uh, we're going to the, Bien, uh, the Venice uh, Biennale next year for a special showcase. And then the end of next year, we will have an auction at Sotheby's with 100% proceeds going toward charity to support art and art programs for communities globally. Um, yeah, so that's Louis Vuitton. And, and, but for Utah Jazz, like, I mean, it's amazing because I, I, I love sport. I can't say that I'm an expert in, in basketball or that I follow basketball closely, but I, I love basketball and I love the culture. And I think it's very also tech oriented. You have a lot of tech entrepreneurs taking on the basketball culture and owning teams and pushing that culture forward. Um, for me, uh, when Utah Jazz, Riley Demps, who's the NFT strategist, uh, reached out to me. He sent me an email and I'm like, wow, what an interesting challenge. Um, there, here's an NBA team that, you know, re, that wants to collaborate with an NFT artist to do a drop. And I had no idea how that would work out. But in the end, of course, for me, it's the metaverse that came to me straight away because I built the Mars house. It's built in spatial.io. I thought, why not create this incredible metaverse experience for the fans as an NFT, experiential NFT? That's, um, you know, I mean, this is, this is the future where fan engagement organizations, every sport team, they're going to have metaverse and they're going to have metaverse interaction and, and community building uh, using NFTs. This will be the future of uh, utility for, for community building. I love that. I love that. And I, I think we'll we'll dig a bit more into, into your thoughts on, on the metaverse um, as we go. But I know you've also got um, you know, an, uh, you're being featured in an upcoming Sotheby's uh, uh, auction and exhibition as well. Um, I believe it's, it's curated by Steve Aoki, and it's a public art installation NFT. I'd love to hear a bit more about what you have in the works on this project, too. Oh, yes, thank you. This is a very exciting project. It's called Continuum, and uh, Continuum is a public art installation that I I basically came up with um, uh, a few years ago already. I mean, I actually did a public art installation. I, I like to use the screen as a mechanism for healing and for pure consciousness. I, as I mentioned before, I'm a meditator. I wanna bring the culture of digital Zen into the 21st century and beyond. 
Um, and I basically want to use, I use big, big screens. The last one I did was 10 feet long by six feet high. No, it's 20 feet long by six feet high. That was in Paris uh, for the, um, for uh, Nuit Blanche. And that was uh, at Palais de Tokyo Museum. It was a wonderful meditative healing installation. And I collaborated with Tennille Bentley. She did healing sound frequency music to my meditative, um, you know, uh, visual scapes, uh, horizontal, like uh, color fields. And we're bringing the same concept as continuum with the city of Toronto as the first and the largest meditative healing sound and light installation uh, ever. So we're putting up uh, a 100 foot wall that's six feet high in the middle of Fort York Museum, which is an old British fort. Uh, that actually was the inception of, you know, the, um, you know, the British rule in Canada that formed the, the, the country. So there's a lot of history there, but there is a lot of, um, you know, painful history there because from the indigenous population. And, and so what we want to do through this collaboration with the city of Toronto is to create a space of healing and reconciliation, especially since it came out of a, um, you know, COVID, I think that the community needs this kind of programming that actually is healing and, and gives back to the community and, and has space for reconciliation and healing that we all need collectively. And this continuum, uh, oh, and also I, the music is, is composed by Jeff Schroeder of the Smacking Pumpkins, who was my collaborator for the Mars House. So we're teaming up again. And he's actually going to be on site September 30th to um, October 4th, we're doing um, live performances and uh, people can come. It's a free exhibition for the public. Uh, and, and we're doing this as a, you know, as a beautiful um, healing installation for everyone. This continuum video will be offered as an NFT one of one uh, for the Sotheby's drop on September 24th. So we have the Sotheby's drop that leads up to the, the live installation. And it will be live, broadcast live uh, on social media and we will have media partners. So it's going to be a very meaningful event. And I applaud Toronto for having um, the wherewithal and you know the, the intention of bringing this kind of art programming for the community that is really meaningful and, um, you know, pushes forward a positive unifying, uh, you know, power and energy for, for the community. I love that you were, you're bringing together so many creative minds in the NFT space, but also you're breaking through the threshold of IRL. You're literally bringing the URL to IRL in this capacity. And I love that you're doing it in a public art space with that mentioning, with that mentioned, you know, you, you've touched on a number of times during our interview that you're incredibly passionate about mental health through the, inter the intersection of meditation and art. Yeah. Can you tell us, tell us more about the Continuum Foundation and the other initiatives that you're currently leading? So this tour, we're actually creating the, the Continuum tour. So Toronto, I'm actually starting uh, a pre-launch of the tour in China in Ariana, it's a beach in China. It's a vacation, uh, like sort of like the Hamptons of Shanghai, if you will, it's a beach. And there is a museum there, Ariana Museum. We are featuring 
continuum right on the water. I'll send you all the visuals and the video for that. It's happening on the today. It's happening today, actually, for a couple of days for VIPs in China. And then we're going to do Toronto, of course, October 1st to 3rd, uh, October 1st to the 4th, rather, sorry. And then Miami, Basel. So the plan is to also do an installation during Miami and beyond. So the Continuum Foundation is really a foundation that I founded since the sale of Mars House to help support, um, you know, the programming and the, the production costs, uh, the administration of this project. And I want to bring Continuum globally around the world. Uh, and I'm also going to create uh, an NFT project that helps to continue the, the support of this project. So it's going to be very interactive, if you will, and community um, based. So I'm, I'm looking forward to develop this project with uh, my partner, uh, Peter Martin at Valis Studio. And we are, we're, we're going to create an incredible world tour. That's really amazing. And I love that you're bringing this across the world. I think many people need to really see this because your work is so, it needs to be visually seen. You know, it, it, like there's something about the experience that you have standing in front of it. In, the, in, in this light, how does spirituality and philosophy play a role in your life as a creator? Oh, yeah. So, you know, I suffered from depression and anxiety. So I, I went through a really horrible divorce <laughs> and it, it really wiped me out. And I, I was, um, it was 2013. Actually, while I was enrolled in this Master's of Art, Fine Art program, I really uh, reached my limits and I didn't want to go to pharmaceuticals. I really wanted to um, manage my depression in a natural way. So I looked into transcendental meditation and it just, it, I, I never stopped. Ever since I learned my mantra, 2013, I've been meditating twice per day since that time. It transformed my life as a human being and all around as, a, as an artist, as a mother, uh, you know, as a human being, my consciousness, my intuition, everything is just heightened and, and to the next level. And every time you do it, you feel like you, you feel really at one with nature and nature facilitates uh you know, you're in your balance with nature. So nature mm -hmm. facilitates and supports your, your, your wishes, your, your visions. And, and I think that it's um, an incredible tool for artists and creatives, anyone really in, in the world and can really find their, their genius through meditation and also treat, uh, you know, any kind of trauma. Everyone has trauma. Life is hard. You know, being a human being is not easy, right? We all go through ups and downs. But really, meditation has really helped me so much. And during COVID, I would have to say, I mean, it's a blessing that I'm a meditator because I created the Mars House. I did so many incredible mm -hmm. things. I was so productive during that time. And it was a real blessing, in fact. Um, you know, I hold space for people who suffered or lost loved ones. But really, um, you know, during those challenging times, if you can, if you can really push through and you have it all here and you have all the answers inside. It's really uh, powerful. Makes total sense. Makes total sense. And, you know, one thing that I think, you know, a lot of uh, our listeners might be able to relate to too is, you know, obviously 
NFTs are such an exciting space to work in. Like NFTs never sleep. Like there's a constant buzz, there's a constant energy. News is happening in a, such a fast-paced manner. I always like to say like weeks are months and months are years. But but there is like there's also you know a, there's a there's a dark side to that too. You know there's anxiety, there's FOMO, there's you know the the you know losing sleep and and um and the sort of emotional roller coaster that that accompanies volatile market cycles. So um you know as someone who who has you know is very grounded in meditative practice, what advice might you have for for you know new entrants or even people who are seasoned in the in the NFT space who are trying to you know maintain you know a healthy a healthy mental headspace uh, while while sort of navigating this this wild ride we're on. Oh my, I, I definitely, I'm a huge advocate of meditation, uh, any, any kind of meditation. Uh, I believe that meditation, as I said, meditation will save us from the machine and art will save us from ourselves. Our digital devices are not designed for our well-being. In fact, our devices are, are quite parasitic and quite disruptive. Our prefrontal cortex is are being hijacked through digital and it's very important that we exercise that part of our brain because the prefrontal cortex really manages executive functioning and, uh, you know, our basically willpower, you know, uh, the ability to manage and self-regulate. It's all in the prefrontal cortex. So you find that, for example, children um, who have extreme uh, behavioral issues have a very underdeveloped prefrontal cortex. And in fact, meditation can grow that gray matter and it's scientifically proven to do that. So, you know, every human being has uh, this ability to, to stretch. It's a muscle. So just like ex physical exercise, um, exercise the brain, you know, exercise your consciousness and grow gray, mat gray matter in the most important muscle of your body, which is the brain. Um, I think that's extremely important. And then, of course, I think that, you know, having valuable relationships um, real meaningful relationships in your life is really invaluable. I think that really contributes to human, uh, you know, the value of human life and, and giving to society, giving to you, your community and, and actually having beautiful relationships with people that love you and care for you and you care for them. That's such a beautiful experience. And of course, I, I think that's very important, having good relationships, good people who care about you and, then of course, I think that we all have to take a break and we all need to take a break from our devices. And whether that's every day that you have, uh, you know, a time that you set, okay, no more. And you just sort of like, you know, give your time, give yourself that space or you take a vacation and you do an absolute digital detox. I think digital detox are great, but I know I understand right now we're in the middle of a bull market and it's almost impossible to keep your eyes off, you know, your investments and, you know, we have to manage our, you know, everything very carefully and monitor everything. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a thing where you have to really find balance and, you know, know for yourself and, you know, just be informed. I think, you know, for me, I, you know, I follow the markets. I'm invested in crypto, but um, I meditate every day. So I don't, I don't feel like, you know, crazy anxiety. Uh, it's, it's really great for managing anxiety. Um, so that's, that's my, that's my takeaway. That's really powerful. And I love the, the insights and the takeaway, uh, Krista, you, you're definitely someone who's intentional about this practices. And you can see this very clearly on your Twitter timeline as well. So it's not like you're always given a lot of wisdom and sharing it with the world. You know, there was an interview that I really loved about you that really hooked me. Um, and you mentioned something that you said, you have a saying that the most beautiful thing you can give the world is a good idea. What do you mean by that? 
really being an artist and anyone can be an artist, you know, um, I think the definition of what art is, even as right now being rewritten, being an artist is really expressing who you truly are authentically and bringing great ideas into the world that actually help humanity. And if you can do that, then that is your, that's your legacy. And I think that it's valuable. And if you can touch people that way, where, you know, you can give through your skills, through your passion, uh, you know, to people and inspire them, you know, to be better themselves, to feel good, um, to be inspired to do good, then I think that's art. And I, I think that, you know, art has been so commercialized. And yeah, I mean, rightly so. It, it's, it is a commercial enterprise. But, you know, I think just in the recent history where you had galleries and intermediaries, um, you know, selling art as product, I think that we should also move into art as consciousness, art as ideas, art as, you know, ways of pushing humanity forward. You know, there's Plato's cave, right? Uh, the allegory of the cave. And I think that, you know, human beings, if you're in the cave, I think that we had been living in a cave for a long time under surveillance capitalism, under corporate hegemony, under, you know, um, you know, our, our economic systems that are, you know, actually oppressive and, and, you know, keep most people in the dark. I think that with, you know, NFTs, another way out of the cave where you, there's light and people can actually come out and they could be sovereign beings and they can be enlightened with their own knowledge and I think NFTs is a powerful, supreme art medium where you can actually encapsulate ideas into eternity and it's immutable. So no government, no organization, no, no elite structure can destroy those ideas. They are immutable and they will carry on into infinity, into the future where an alien race will discover and understand what human beings did and once were and our our valuable you know um legacy and the lessons that that we learned as a human civilization we can carry that into the future into infinity so that that's that's through the nft and that's quite powerful absolutely absolutely and you know as we kind of draw things to the close to a close you know speaking of of uh you know getting outside the cave I, I said i'd bring things back to the metaverse so i think uh uh as, as a closing question um you know I, I know you spoke about like your vision for for where you believe like real estate and ownership and and like and people's uh lives will will reside in in the in these virtual worlds uh, i'm curious to hear sort of your thoughts around like what like which virtual worlds and like which projects are really exciting you right now? Like what is standing out in, in the metaverse that's like really inspiring you? When I when I first met Rich Lutley Carr of Superworld, I was extremely inspired him and I've become the a global ambassador for the for for the platform. I believe in the vision of making the world a better place, making the world about humanity first. And if we could harness the power of very powerful technology like augmented reality. Uh, you know, with the right intention, then I think that we are headed in the right direction. I don't want technology to be parasitic and use people as product. Uh, the social, I mean, the uh, social media platforms like Facebook, you know, with surveillance capitalism, taking our data, um, using us as product. I don't believe in that. And I think that's very dangerous to allow companies to simply take our sovereignty and our human rights away from us. Because 
I believe that data is power and, you know, data sovereignty should be a human right. It should be written into the human rights code. I think that's the new reality and the new paradigm that we live in. So speaking with Rich, we have a lot of, you know, common, um, uh, you know, common, we have a common mission to make the future a better place and to, you know, be stewards of this very powerful technology um, to actually make the world better and enhance human life. Uh, Apple glasses, once Apple glasses hit the market and become uh, mass adoption, then the world will change again, just as they have changed the world. Steve Jobs changed the world with, uh, with the smartphone. We are going to change the world with Apple glasses. And life will never be the same, but we have to make sure that that technology is not being used in the wrong way. And so Superworld is where I am actively um, making sure that we are um, you know, using the technology to enhance education, enhance um, you know, society and cultural enrichment uh, with the intention of making humanity better and moving into the future. And that's, that's a project that I'm very, very passionate about. And um, yeah, I'm also part of 888 The New World, which is the new NFT platform that's launching very soon with 888, the collector and uh, a group of incredible artists. And so we are all um, uh, invested in this platform to make it grow, to, to help it because it actually gives to a community and we're supporting um, artists in, in uh, less privileged countries where they may not have access to, to computers or education, we are actually providing um, artists education and also support uh, to, to you know, create livelihoods through NFTs for, the, for, the, for themselves and for their families and communities. Um, I'm very much interested in NFTs for good, NFTs that change the world in a positive way. And so that's, that's my mission. And these are projects that I'm currently involved in for that. I love it, I love it. Well. Um, this has been great. You know, I'm, I'm you know, very excited about all the different initiatives and projects you have in the work. So um, we're wishing you the best of luck. Um, keep doing what you're doing and uh, glad that you thank could join you us. Thank you so much. Thank such you. Such a blast to have you. Oh, thank you. It was such a wonderful pleasure. Thank you. All right. Take care, Krista. Wow. Alejandro, that was quite a conversation. What stood out to you? Wow. Like just first and foremost, I think I'm gonna have to go back and re-listen because how so much wisdom was dropped on there. Um, you know, I think what stood out for me is that Krista is an example that it's never too late, right? You're never too late to start, never too late to start something new and keep going. And I really love her commitment to the integration, again, of mental health practices, of spirituality, and how much she gives back to uh, society. Now, especially with this project, with this public uh, works project, she's going to start donating it uh, to cities around the world. It's going to be really impactful. So that was really the blown away by just her presence, again, um, mental health balance and integrating new practices into her life as an artist. Yeah, it's incredible. You know, I was really inspired by just how many different hats she wears and, you know, how many different contexts she's comfortable in as a creator. There aren't that many people who can create metaverse real estate, then work with an NBA team and work with, you know, a top flight, you know, a fashion house. It's it's amazing how adaptable she is. And I, I think it speaks to everything you just said with like her spirituality and her meditative approach as to how she's really able to um, be be uh, a, like a kind of a visionary creative in those different contexts. So really great conversation. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, just want to urge you to uh, be sure to leave a review on whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. 
um, you know, we love to we love to hear feedback and uh, and and hear from from our listeners. So be sure to do that because it also helps us uh, continue to reach you with the best content. So uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>